Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. Uh, we have two guests on the show today, Luke and Caleb. Um, me and Luke have been trying to record an episode for the last like three weeks. Uh, we're trying to cover something in particular that we'll get to in a minute for him. But uh, Luke and Caleb, welcome to the show, guys. Hey, what's happening? Who's Thanks for having on? me. Yeah, of course, of course. Caleb, I mean, obviously you've been on here a ton of times. Luke, this is your first edition of the show. Your third recording or second recording, but your third time on, uh, I mean, your first time actually on the air and ready to roll. Luke, let's talk. You have a fundraiser with the Boston Marathon, and you're running for this event, and you're raising some money. Can we talk about a little bit about this foundation and how we can help support it and, you know, who you're targeting here? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm honored to be running the Boston Marathon in just about 10 days now, um, day, April 18th. It's coming up, uh, and I uh, have the opportunity to run for the Girls on the Run charity team. Um, and Girls on the Run is just a, a great, um, amazing organization uh, that I had the opportunity to coach for. Um, and basically what, what it does is um, it's a program that provides um, an opportunity throughout the year for um, young girls to, to, to sign up and have a community um, with each other and uh, test themselves uh, training for a 5K. And these are girls who are like, you know, fifth through eighth grade. Um, so running a 5K at that, at that age is, is, is a big deal. So we, we help them uh, really using running to uh, empower and motivate themselves and building their confidence through the accomplishment of uh, achievement. Um, so yeah, I've had the incredible honor of, of running for them um, and fundraising for them. Um, That's pretty so, awesome. Yeah, 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 for so, sure. So what did you, what do you coach um, in, in that uh, organization? Is it, what sport? Yeah. So, so f- when I coach four girls on the run, it's, it's really just, just running. Um, okay. So I, um, I also coach a, a high school cross country team. So, um, and have run like throughout um, high school, college, uh, and since then. So it's something that I just really enjoy doing, um, coaching in general. And um, this this opportunity is just something that I uh, just kind of fit fit like a glove. Um, yeah, yeah. And you got turned on to this by your workplace. Um, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I work at Danvers Indoor Sports in uh, Northeast Massachusetts. Um, it's a really big indoor sports facility. Um, and I run, similarly to Girls on the Run, a program there called Little Kickers, which um, in the same way that Girls on the Run kind of uses running as a tool, Little Kickers uses soccer as a tool to help children develop socially, emotionally, things like that. So um, it's their Girls on the Run and Little Kickers are kind of each other, but um, through Danvers Indoor is how I got um, kind of connected with with coaching for Girls on the Run. Okay, very cool. So how, how can the, the listener get involved and how can we donate to this cause? Um, give us some pointers on how to accomplish that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, any any donation uh, is is incredibly uh, uh, like appreciated. And we're coming down on the, the deadline with the marathon coming up. Um, the for the charity, I'm raising $10,000, um, have been for the past three months and I'm almost there. I'm at just about 90% of the goal. Um, so just about a thousand dollars left. Uh, and we are really looking for like any, any donations at this point to help close it out. Um, but to donate, there's a couple ways. Um, you can find me on Facebook is, is, uh, one, one way it's just, uh, Luke Padilla, um, and or on Instagram, anything like that. Uh, the other way you can find it is through the fundraising site, which is called Given Gain. That's G I V E N G A I N. Um, and when you go on that site, it's a fundraising site. You can just search for uh, for Luke Padilla. That's spelled P A D I L L A. Um, 
and you'll see the the fundraising page right there. Um, so yeah, uh, really any anything helps uh, and is greatly appreciated. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for what you're doing. This is a really cool opportunity to give back to the community. Your job place fits in with your coaching. This story is really awesome. And on behalf of Project Sports, we're going to cover 10% of that. So we're going to donate $100 to this oh, cause. Uh, I think that that's, that's very much needed. And I wanted to get on here and do this to promote it just because I really liked, you know, the coaching, the children, you know, standing up for something to help promote, you know, good activity. I've mm -hmm. played sports my whole life and I've really enjoyed it. And it literally has an impact uh, till this day, not only just doing project sports or, you know, um, talking about sports with my friends and, and give me some really good close friends, but also just teaching me a bunch of life lessons and, and running and doing cross country brings that same thing. How do you push yourself? How do you drive yourself? I'm in the military too. So I'm also pretty active and, and that, that camaraderie, that teamwork, it's next to nothing. Like you, you learn a lot about yourself and how to work with others in the sports world. So um, that's really awesome, Luke. Thanks for doing what you're doing. And uh, I'm going to be sending that over. And we also just played a, uh, a college basketball bracket and Luke ended up winning, which is really cool because he said he's going to donate some of that money too as well to, to oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the foundation, which is great. And I was like, oh, you know what? Since I lost, this is actually pretty awesome that I lost because uh, <laughs> it goes to a great cause. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much. That's really generous of, of, of you guys. Um, and definitely going to be shouting out Project Sports on social media for that. So yeah, thank absolutely. You. Absolutely, man. Of course, all for the cause. All right, Caleb, let's get on this. Let's move on to some sports. Let's talk some real good stuff. I think that we'll just start with the opening today. So Jared will stop listening to the podcast at this point because we're going to jump right into soccer. Champions League um, today was a crazy day. I didn't don't think I mean, I kind of expected Real Madrid to put up a fight. I didn't think that they would put up that big of a fight and go that that big of a lead. But a 3-1 victory, Caleb. What are some of your takeaways from this? And does Chelsea have a chance next week in the second leg? Yeah, let's <laughs> jumping straight to Champions League. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, Chelsea definitely has a chance. I wouldn't count them out um, after this game, but Madrid really, I guess, put a stranglehold on the on the, the series. And obviously, they just have to hold a tie or anything, they're, they're through to the next round. So I think it's going to be a, a pretty big task for Chelsea to overcome the, the two-goal deficit that they're in. But, yeah, the game today was pretty sweet. I, I watched the whole game. It was pretty intense. Both teams were playing really hard throughout the game. It was, it was actually like a really good game to watch. And, yeah, give it up to Madrid. They, they played really well. Benzema yeah. is just on a crazy streak right now. Had a hat trick, of course. So. Yeah, <laughs> Modric played awesome. Uh, Vinny Jr. played; he played really well as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think fire, Caleb, so. to your point, is like uh, Chelsea dominated a little bit more in possession, but really, what the big takeaway was is um, just the sound quality of Real Madrid's play when they had the ball and the opportunities. They capitalized and you know took full force. I think it was about like fifty-five uh, possession on Chelsea side, and they had more shots on Chelsea side, <coughs> but it just seemed like. Real made everything count when they took their shots when they had possession and then they took advantage of a huge mistake um, from Mendy and Benzema gets the hat trick off that. I just think that their overall performance, like you said, the midfield, when they had the ball, they controlled it really well, made the plays they needed to and just, you know, you know, pressed on. And yeah. I, I think it was, yeah, very convincing win to probably a pretty safe semifinal and uh, taking out the, the reigning champs of the Champions League in, in Chelsea. Yeah, and they're... Their counterattack was deadly too. Their oh, first goal, yeah, and they had a, they almost had another goal where um, Vinny Jr. actually hit the crossbar on another counter. Yes. But their counter is just like so quick. You lose the ball in the midfield, and they're gone. Yeah, the, the talent there is, I think that's is unbelievable in the midfield. Yeah. Right, the talent and the speed on the wing is really amazing for that team. So, I think and I like that kind of style of play for them, where they kind of you know they play well, they play good defense, and then they counter like crazy. Yeah, and then Benzema's on fire too with his just the way he's playing, and he, he's just been a, you know a great player the last month or so, even pretty much all year. But in the last month, he's really turned it up and is displaying great performances, whether it's for you know France qualifying or for Real Madrid itself. It's it's pretty fun to watch. It was a little awkward seeing uh, Gareth Bale come on in at the at the end of the game. <laughs> you know, I just like kind of forgot in the back of my head. I was like, oh yeah, he's up with uh, Tottenham, and now he's back over here. Kind of forgot, but. 
you know, a little evil stepchild. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like Madrid ever really liked him, even though he's a great talent. But it is what it is. Um, a shocking on the other side. I don't know if you guys, Luke or Caleb, saw the other game. I was flipping back and forth, but Villarreal taking it too. Bayern Munich winning one nothing. Should Bayern be scared? Is this like you know can Villarreal pull this off next week and actually win, or do you think Bayern Munich comes storming back? Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, before we go to this game, I wanted to hear, because um, Luke is the resident Chelsea fan now, so... <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, his, that's right, that's his, right. His what, Chelsea dude, team. What happened I, to Chelsea I, here? I was hoping you wouldn't say anything, Caleb. <laughs> 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 um, you knew I no, had to. It, it's, it, <laughs> it, it, your point about the counterattack, the way Madrid played, they kind of gave Chelsea a taste of their own medicine from last year, how, how, they kinda, how Chelsea played against Madrid um, in the Champions League last year. Uh, so it yeah i agree it's definitely a really good good showing for madrid um and i i'm i'm not as optimistic about chelsea like even being able to come back they have issues scoring goals anyway um so so yeah i'm not i'm not really hoping um if if mendy doesn't make that mistake and it's it's a 2-1 tie they're bringing over to to madrid that's a whole different story but um but yeah, this is it's a it's it's a big mountain to climb, and they they just like it's not like Chelsea didn't create a bunch of chances. There was there was a lot of opportunities, and um, they just missed them. And and Courtois made a ridiculous save uh, on Aspilicueta's shot. So yeah, props to Madrid, and I'll watch next week. But I'm not not with a lot of hope. He's not optimistic, and and it doesn't play into the favor of they finally this year they got rid of the away goals being counted as more if it was in a tie they they've officially gotten rid of that so it's just aggregate you know based, oh based i forgot goals. about that yeah. so oh, it's going to be actually, weird this year that gives me a little bit more hope actually yeah <laughs> a tiny bit more not not a ton but a tiny bit a tiny bit of hope <laughs> they just need a, a two goal uh win you know yeah, like two, a two, two nothing win by two and go to pks or overtime yeah, yeah. all right yeah. It'd be a tall task, but I mean, especially when you're playing in England, I think you'll be all right. You got the crowd for you. You did it last year. You have a lot going for you. Three to one's a big deficit, but you know they can recover. For just sure. like just just like uh, what's his Benzema scored in the you know early on in the game, the two goals right out of the gate. I mean, very easily Lukaku or Christian Pulisic or Mason Mount, they can do the same thing. I mean, they got a lot of stars on that side as well. But um, yeah, I guess I mean that ends this, and we can head over to the Villarreal and Bayern Munich game. Did you guys take the highlights on that one? Yes yeah, or no? I, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw <coughs> Excuse me. Um, saw the highlights on that one as well, and I was, I was definitely shocked. Um, but to your uh, um, question about whether I think, like, Villarreal can actually kind of just pull it off, mm. I, I definitely expect Bayern Munich to, to come out and, and take, the, take the win next, next week. Um, but I'd, I'd love to see Villarreal pull through. Yeah, same here. I feel I feel, I feel feel similar. Hey, I just feel like Lewandowski too much probably to handle by that time. It even felt like I was watching the end of the game and I was just, I was rooting for Villarreal to hang on. And I was just like, come on, come on, come on. It was into the extra time and Munich kept attacking and they, they stood their ground. They did their thing. So defensively, they look good and we'll see how that goes moving forward. But again, they played a hell of a game against a really strong team and we'll see next week how that transpires. Gail, do you have any thoughts on this one? Not not too much because I didn't watch at all. I was just watching the the Chelsea Madrid the Chelsea game, game the yeah. Time. But um yeah, but yeah, it's definitely a surprising result for sure. And that'll be I'll definitely be rooting for Villarreal to hold on and move on to the next round. As much as I also like Byron, they're like a pretty good team, pretty stacked. But I'll root for the other dog. Yeah, and then on, that. I guess a little bit yesterday, Man City against Atletico Madrid. Only a one nothing win, and I, I know Man City played pretty pretty good, um, but you know one nothing win is not real comfortable going into the second leg. There, are, are we looking for Man City yeah. to take it home, or I mean we've seen them misstep multiple times in the quarters and the semis. Are, are we going to see a falling apart of Man City, or are they finally going to make the semis and, and go into the final after this? Yeah, I I was disappointed by that game for them because mm-hmm. I was expecting a little bit more, but and that was that. That was at home, I believe, in Manchester. In the Etihad, and yeah. Now they're gonna have to go to Madrid, and basically try to close it out. Which is not a place you want to go. No. 
No, so that's gonna, it's yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think they'll I think they'll be able to do it, but yeah, they they could have done better for sure. I agree. That's why I'm kind of nervous about this one. I think that they uh, really dug themselves into a little bit of a hole here. And we, we may not. We, I would just be shocked again if we, we see City go out this early. And I say early because they're, you know, based on that roster, you should be near the final almost every year. And you always find some way. As long as Spurs is not in their way, you know, maybe they'll make it through. <laughs> but um, and then what was the other game? Oh, my team, Liverpool, up 3-1 against. Uh, I can't even remember what crap team they played. Uh, Beneficia. Benfica. The Benfica, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, 3-1, Luis Diaz, that attack, it's great. I don't know what else left to say. They're the greatest, and they're, they're probably going to win the final. So, But if you guys got any <laughs> comments, go for it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll be rooting for them if they go up against Man City or, or Munich. So. Oh, heck, yeah, and I'd love to see that matchup. I'd love to see how they all they all fare out. That would be really intense. So, it's yeah, the matchups will be good no matter what. Madrid goes through. Munich goes through, whatever it is. But, you know, some of these other teams, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, I think this wraps up Champions League. I think we're excited. You guys want to talk World Cup first or NBA standings? We'll see. Let's just let's stick to the, the, soccer, yeah, yeah. the soccer. All right, so we got the, the World Cup draw for the Qatar 2022. For those that don't know, um, this happened uh, last Friday, and we were heavily anticipating to see. The draw basically is... Um, an event where you get picked to put into the groups that your four uh, team group where you find out who you're going to play in the World Cup in the group stage. And that's been picked this year. The Qatar, I mean, the World Cup is in Qatar in from what is it? November 17th or 18th. It starts to December 17th or 18th around that time frame. And uh, we got some pretty cool, cool groups here. So it's like the first time I would say, Caleb, you're a residential expert on this. I would say we don't really have a strong group of death like we normally do. Would I be accurate in saying that? Yeah, I mean, there's some obviously some debate, but I feel like this year it's pretty evenly distributed, and I think a big part of that was Qatar being, you know, in Group A, and then um, Netherlands being put <coughs> in that group. I think that kind of just evened out a lot of the things because if Netherlands got put in one of the other groups, and they're a pretty pretty strong team as well, that could have been another group of death there. for like a for another group of death for sure, but. The fact, I was thinking if either Germany or Netherlands got put in Group A with Qatar, that that would have made things a lot more even. Yeah, I'd say the strongest two groups are E and C. Um, that's probably what I would go with if there was a group of death. It would be one of those two, only because Group C's got Argentina, Mexico, and Poland. But then Group E's got Spain, Germany, and Japan. Um, and yeah, in Group C, obviously, Saudi Arabia, and they're still waiting on the Netherlands and Croatia to play each other. Oh, no, Costa Rica. So we were talking about um, that Group E with Spain, Germany, and Japan. If Costa Rica does win, does that become the group of death? Because that's a that's a strong that's a strong group right there. That could agree, disagree, Caleb. If Costa yeah, Rica I mean, gets in, I think I don't think Costa Rica is going to shift it too much. Honestly, no disrespect to Costa okay, that's Rica. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I just, I just think that that group is Germany and Spain is. That, that makes that group really strong. And if any of those teams, um, you know, slip up at all, then that's going to be a pretty big upset. Yeah, and I'm not looking for Costa Rica to, like, win, but get some some sort of tie break or some, you know, one of those three or four point, like having a 4-4-3 four, four, with Germany, Japan, right. and Costa Rica, you know, or something like that along those lines. I think Spain takes this group, but for because they've been the most consistent, you know, over the past few years. But it definitely would become probably one of the stronger groups for sure. Yeah, and Costa Rica made some noise last World Cup. They, I'm pretty sure they made it out of their group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were they're one of those teams that sometimes come out and surprise you. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess we could talk about the USA. We finally qualified for the World Cup this year. Pretty exciting. Um, and we got put in the same group as my favorite team, the, Eng- uh, the English. And that's a pretty fun group. And depending if Scotland and Wales gets in, I mean, it would be even more fun just because of the lots of uh, rivalries that go on there between England and Scotland or Wales and then the U.S. and England. And we've had a really good history against England and um, they have a really strong group this year. So we'll see. Do you guys have a particular favorite group? Obviously, I think my favorite group is definitely Group B to see where it all plays out for England and USA. Um, Is there, you know, Luke, I'll go to you. Is there a favorite group when you're looking at these to be like, hey, you know, that's that's the one I really want to pay attention to? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely Group B. Um, like that's a group that yeah. I think is, is is one where USA should should make its way out. Um, I definitely want to draw attention to I, I I actually think Group F is is pretty good. Belgium and Croatia are both like really strong teams, and then Canada, like yeah, we we saw how well they did in Concacaf. So um, yeah, I think those those three teams make it like a solid group that I think uh, is, is one to keep an eye on as well. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I do like that group now that you mention it and yeah, Canada did play really well in the conflict calf. So uh, I'm excited for it. Belgium, Croatia. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Caleb to you is what's your favorite group? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say group G just because Brazil is in there, obviously, but <laughs> another, another group I really like that I'm going to be paying attention to is group H with um, Portugal and Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea. I think that's the most evenly matched group from top to bottom. Yeah, I agree with that. You can make a case for any two teams to make it out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Portugal is obviously the, probably the best team there. And Uruguay is probably second, but yeah, I think Ghana and South Korea have a really good chance to also up make have a little upset and make it out. Yeah. yeah. Ghana Ghana's always good, I feel like. Like most World right. Cups, they're just they're always solid. Always. And South Korea's got Human Sun and a couple other stars on that team and they're really good as well, so anything can happen there. Especially in the matchups between Uruguay and South Korea. Maybe Portugal. We've seen Portugal right. slip up in the Euro too, so I don't like Caleb said, I, I, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm with I, I, that's a really uneasy group. I didn't really uh see that until Caleb brought that up, but that's pretty good. Um, that should be a really fun group to, to, to watch. But we can talk about some odds, some winning, some favorites coming into this World Cup. And Brazil sits, you know, at most standards as the number one, Caleb. How do you feel about being on top as the, the highest odd for your country to win the 2022 World Cup? Um, I mean, I feel like this is the norm. Every, every World Cup, I feel like Brazil is Either the favorite or second or third. Um, however, I don't. I don't personally feel that way. That they're, they have the best odds to win. I think they're more of like a you know top five or top three team. I wouldn't put them number one. I think France, is still up there. Um, England is going to be up there as well, and probably Spain, and Belgium, Argentina. Like all these teams are so good, and I would definitely put, as as hard as it's for me to say, I would put Argentina above Brazil right now because they just beat them in the Cup America just Damn. last year with basically wow. basically the same two teams yeah. in Brazil. Argentina went into Brazil and beat them. And it wasn't, I mean, I watched that whole game and, you know, they were just a better team that day. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I mean, I think just the name, <laughs> just Brazil being just the powerhouse that they are and all the history they have is probably why they're number one. And I think, I mean, they deserve to be up there with those guys, but I think they're going to have to yeah, they're going to have to play really well. And as another thing that I just hate to say, but it's going to be all on Neymar to really show up. This is this might be his last World Cup, or at least the last World Cup where he's, you know, the main guy yeah. on the team. And, yeah, he just needs to show up. He really hasn't, overall, has not really showed up for the Brazil national team like we expected. Like, you know, with the, with the other legends, like, of the recent history of, like, Ronaldinho and Ronaldo and those guys, like, Neymar just hasn't hit that level yet where he's, like, brought home a championship or even a World Cup. So this is going to be his last chance, and if he doesn't do it, then he's just going to be known as a player who dies and complains and rolls around on the ground, or he can be known as a, a champion. So we'll see. Hey, you know I'm all about them getting that World Cup champion championship I, I really hope it does work out for him but i'm leaning towards it what's going to happen if he doesn't yeah like you said this could be his last chance so oh man so my, my top five in order i I've, I've thought about a lot about this so far um my top five in order is brazil at number one france at number two england at number three argentina at four and my dark horse that people are probably going to sleep on is spain at number five um that it would be my odds to who's going to win the World Cup, and I'm not going to change. I think Brazil has a deep squad. They have a chance, especially in the – I'm taking into the account. I know that they have the AC in the stadium, whatever, but I don't think – I think some of them are open top, too, with the heat and the way the game, the style is played, and I think it's just their time to 
Last time they won was 2002, so maybe they'll win in 2022. But Brazil is my favorite going into the World Cup. And then, obviously, France, the, you know, the previous winners, they have a really stacked group. And England, my team that I sport, um, they have a really great chance to win as well. So we'll see how everything plays out. But that's my top five um, as far as odds go. And then I think a lot of people sleep on Spain. I was really impressed with uh, how Spain, uh, Spain came back and played in the Euro and how well they did. And they were, I think they were a few key defenders away from winning that whole thing. Like, not even joking, like, if they, if they could have locked down their defense and, and held up a little bit more and didn't get into some offensive battles, they probably would have won the Euro, in my opinion. And it wouldn't have been close either. They, they, they've got some real talent over there that can, you know, really shock the world in, in 2022. So we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of my take. And, yeah, uh, you got anything to add, Luke, on this? No, not really a whole lot to add. I haven't really thought about, you know, top – top five uh rankings wise but uh i will say france um i i think there isn't there a statistic that like like previous champions like almost never even make it out of their own group yes and like i mean they have a really easy group so they better make it out but Mm -hmm. uh like the the probability of them repeating isn't super high even though they do have a stacked team yeah, and so Mbappe and the, their age and Griezmann and Pogba, like they, they're returning with a lot of their you know starting eleven talent too, which gives them a real good opportunity. I think a lot of the teams don't repeat because they lose a lot of their top guys going into the next sure. by the next World Cup. This one, France won young, and they had one with a lot of young talent and a lot of young play. So they they will be one of the first teams. I, I don't know if it's like the first team ever, but definitely in a substantial amount of time that any team. Uh, got out of the group stage after they had previously won the World Cup. It's kind of like a little Madden curse thing going on. But I think that they do it. They break it for sure. Caleb, do you think they Brazil. break it and get out? Yeah, for sure. I think, I was just going to say, Brazil was the last team to win in 02 and get out in 06. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah, it's been they a lost long, in the quarters, But after the, I saw I saw some graphic, like, when I was watching the, the draw that showed that. But, yeah, France, I mean, it would be a shocking, a shocker. There's always... But every World Cup is like a shocking team who doesn't make it out of the group. Like it was Germany last year, uh, which is crazy because they actually won in 2014. So, mm-hmm. and then the year before that, I think like Italy or France or something didn't make it out. There's always Spain. a team with the Spain, big, think, yeah. big dogs. Was it Spain? Yeah, I think you're right. It was Spain, and they won the year mm-hmm. before that. So yeah, this makes that makes sense. <laughs> they won in 2010. So, yeah, I mean. There has to be one of these teams who's just not going to make it out. I don't know. If I had to pick, like, one team who may slip up, I'm going to probably go with Belgium. I think they're really good, a really good, solid team, but I feel like they're a little bit older now, and I don't expect them to slip up, but if I had to pick one of those, like, top five-ish teams to to not make it out of the group out of some crazy surprise, I'd probably go with Belgium. Belgium, to me, is a top three team in the world, but... I can't pick yeah. them in my odds because they always screw up and collectively. And, and you know, Caleb, I, I'm obsessed with Kevin De Bruyne. Like, I, I love him, and I think he's, like, the best Same midfielder dude. in the world. But every time I watch Belgium play, they throw up on themselves, usually in a big game. And it's like, I can't – it's like the same thing for, like, not picking Germany right now until I see their young talent come up and actually, you know, beat someone big and take it to someone. I'm not picking them. Absolutely not. And I've seen some of these other teams win in big, you know, in close games compete. Like even you talked about the uh, the Copa de America with Argentina and Brazil. I mean, yeah, Argentina won the game, of course, but like that was a really good matchup. It wasn't a blowout. It was a, it was a good, solid game. Whereas, you know, some of these other teams, Belgium and Germany, they really haven't stepped up to the plate and really gone for it. I mean, it just would be a tough pick for me until I see them prove themselves. I, I couldn't go out on a limb like that. I know I know the strong teams when I see them. And for right now, Belgium is not one of them for me, and Germany is not one of them for me. And, you know, prove me wrong in the World Cup. But as of right now, I can't, I can't trust it. And I don't like the way Lukaku plays. Honestly, maybe it's a personal thing for me, but I don't. I think he's a selfish player, and he takes away from their team. That's just my personal opinion about him. That's why I don't think it was the best move for Chelsea either for them to buy him even though he's a great goal scorer he's a great striker won't take away from the player but he also plays pretty selfish and I and I the teams that play best in international soccer are those teams that play together and you know we see that with some like with France there's no we see those France Brazil England Spain you know when they have more of a collective unit playing together they show success 
And even we saw Portugal have, you know, lights of that and having more players than just Cristiano Ronaldo now, and they, they, they seem to play better and catch on. So Portugal could also be a dark horse, too. We'd have to see a little bit more from them, but they've got some real talent that's outside of Cristiano Ronaldo now, and it's much, much easier to see them actually performing on the big stage. So um, you guys have anything to add about the World Cup? I'm sure, you know, through the year, I'll be talking about the World Cup all the way until it happens and then breaking down games as they happen. While the NFL is going on, it should be an absolute wild time in November and December of this year, and I'm very excited for it. You guys have anything yeah, to add? It's going to be crazy. We're going to get World Cup soccer during the, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, I think Brazil is playing. Brazil that Brazil's group and um, Group H, I want to say, is playing on Thanksgiving, which is crazy. That's going to be awesome. And I guess the, the one last question I have for you guys, for both yeah. of y'all, is um, what do you think the U.S. What do you think their ceiling is in this World Cup? Like, how far do you think they can make it? Hmm. You want to go first, Kalut? <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's tough. Wait, so so here's my question. Is it if they are if they win their group, they play the second-place team of Group A, right? It's like that's how they match up. Um, are they so, in Group B? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they play Group yep. A. Well, I, so guess like, it, I guess my – to rephrase my question is, like, what, what – would you consider a success for the U.S.? Like oh, how far okay. do they have to make oh, it? Oh, yeah, say, like, totally. This was a successful World Cup. Let's answer both those you know, questions, I, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, let, what, let's let Luke go first. Totally. What I would say is I don't think I'm going to consider it a success unless they win a knockout stage game, personally. Like, I think they need to get out of their group and win one. Um, otherwise, I feel like it'll just feel like par for the course i guess for what what they have done okay caleb excellent question um yeah for me i'm I'm in that same thing they need to win a knockout game so definitely getting out of the group and okay so i'll say this they have to get out of the group if they don't win a knockout game that's okay but as long as they play really well in it i'll be satisfied the thing is i want experience with this young team that we have with the us so by next world cup they should be more mature ready to go and then i'm going to expect a lot more from them um going forward i'm excited that usa are in i'll take any gravy that happens they need to make it out of the group stage and they need to play really well in in the uh the knockout the first round of the knockout stage for me they don't need to win if especially if they go up against let's say the netherlands but obviously they have a really good shot to win that because if Netherlands takes the group, you got Qatar, Ecuador, and Senegal, and we're probably looking at Ecuador as the, the second second team. And if it's Qatar, because you know we all know that you know for the most part, sometimes the, the home nation actually gets out of the group stage. If it's Qatar, I mean, you should you should definitely win that game. So the expectation may change very quickly depending on who they're mm-hmm. playing. Um, they're a young team, and the only person that was really a part of not making the World Cup was Pulisic, and the rest of them. It's like unbelievable how new this is all to them. So my expectation will definitely uh, grow on the next World Cup. But for right now, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with Luke. It's that first knockout game, maybe win, maybe not. So I'm kind of on the fence with that. Is that a good enough answer for you, Caleb? Yeah, I, I think I... Yeah, I agree with you guys. It, de- it depends who they play in the first knockout stage. And, yeah. you know, if everything goes according to... The odds, I guess, they would be playing the Netherlands in the first round, which would be tough. I would, mm-hmm. I guess, I wouldn't expect them to win that game, but if they played well, you know, lost like one zero or took it to PKs or something, something like that, then yeah, I think it would be a success for that team for sure. Yeah, and you know, I totally agree. Next in twenty twenty six, the next World Cup is where we would expect more. They're going to be at home, yes, which means. We're all definitely going to a game together, 100%. Oh, heck yeah. And um, <laughs> then, yeah, then you'd expect them to make it, like, elite quarterfinals, maybe even, you know, semis. like, at the high mark, depending on how how the team is doing, make it to, the, like, the sem- semis or something. Yeah, 2026, I'm real high Ooh. on. They should definitely they should definitely produce more. They'll have that experience of this World Cup, you know, being a part of it under the bright lights and being on the world stage, and then by the next one, they need to, they need to be ready to go. I'm not saying they got to win it all, but they better be in contention for winning it all just because, you know, how much we've put into this and some of the talent we're seeing that, you know, most of our starting 11 plays over in Europe now. So I want to see some production, damn it. Let's go. Um, Okay, I guess we can talk a little bit about the NBA now since we're jumping into the playoffs real soon. Caleb, you said that we have three games left for the Celtics. One is being currently played right now. And we're looking at seeding on the Eastern Conference. 
Yesterday we had in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers um, dropped out of the playoffs officially, and they are no longer in contention. Tommy Heinsohn is dancing in heaven right now. It's a great day. Screw the Lakers. And we are looking for the Celtics to either play the Nets if the play-in goes their way. Um, we talked a little bit about before the podcast because we were so excited about this. And Caleb, you said you wanted to see the Brooklyn Nets play the Boston Celtics. You know, give me a little bit of a reason why you think that that would be a, a, a fun, entertaining matchup for them. And could the Celtics pull it off without uh, Mr. Williams on that uh, center position? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, I just want to, um, you know, give my condolences to the Lakers and their fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I'm just kidding. Screw the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that Michael Jordan is would never let that happen, and he's never going. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yes. LeBron sucks. I would love to see um, the Nets versus the Celtics. I think that would be an amazing matchup. There's so many um, storylines with, you know, Kyrie and, that whole thing with the Celtics and coming back to Boston again and, you know, that whole thing with the fan last time that, like, I don't know what happened. Like, he threw something at Kyrie or something crazy like that. But um, there's just some history between Boston and Kyrie, obviously, so that would be pretty cool. To, and and then Jason Tatum and and um, Jalen Brown going up against Kevin Durant. I just think it's an awesome matchup. I, I guess if you're a Celtics fan, you don't want to see that this early on because I think the, the Nets will probably be favored to win that game. Or win that series, but but yeah, I'll, I'm definitely hoping that happens. Um, if not, if not Nets Celtics, then Nets Philly would also be amazing with James Harden going up against the Nets, where he was traded midseason. So there's some pretty good yeah. matchups, potential matchups in the East for sure. Yeah, that's some you know decent matchups, and even what is it? Was it the Ball Kid? He's on the Hornets, right? Even they have a chance to make it as the eighth seed too against the Hawks, which. You know, those two teams are, like, neck and neck, and we'll see how that all plays out. I don't think the Wizards have a chance. Nope, they're pretty sure they're eliminated because there's only three games left, and they're five games back behind them. So, yeah, it looks like the, the Nets, the Hornets, can even get into that position as well. Um, do, is the, are the Heat, do we think, really that good, or is this someone that, you know, the East can actually be taken by the Heat and they, they're going to go to the finals? Anyone can answer, I, my bad. <laughs> I I definitely I I don't think they can win at all, to be honest. Um I I they kinda remind me of the Celtics from like four or five years ago when they were the, the one seed um with like Isaiah Thomas. Like that where they were like they're a really good all around team. But I I don't know. I don't think that they have like the star power necessarily to um to beat a team like Milwaukee or the uh, Nets if they went up against them. but Yeah, I'm with you on that too, especially the Bucks. I think Yeah, I don't think they're going to – it's the regular season game. Sometimes they don't always take them as serious, and they're pretty close. So, like, all these teams, it's not like, it's not like the Western Conference where the Suns kind of took over and they're, like, you know, what is it, like seven, eight games above everyone else where it's, like, you know, the Heat or, you know, neck and neck. The Celtics were in first place a couple of games ago before Williams went down. And the Bucks have been close. They've been interchanging constantly. Uh, the Eastern Conference has been very, very, very strange. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen before how much movement is going on um, in all this madness. And there's, there's really not a clear-cut winner, especially with the Nets being at the eighth seed and struggling to even, you know, get into that playoff position. Um, usually the conferences are more well-oiled and kind of know who's <coughs> going to make the playoffs. And I've always talked about over the years – you kind of know who's going to come out over, you know, who's going to come out of the East and the West to play in the finals. And, and now I, I couldn't even tell you, I couldn't even give a guess who's going to make it out of the East to represent the Eastern Conference. Um, do you guys feel similar to that comparative to the past where you kind of knew like, hey, the two or three teams that here, they're going to come out of the East. But for me, I'm kind of unsure about it. You guys think similarly? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's, I could see five different teams making it out of the East. See, that's wild. With, you know, like with my, Miami, I mean, I, I don't think they can, they're as good as their record shows, I guess. But, you know, I guess you got to give them some props and some respect. They can, I think if they got out of the East, I'd be a little bit surprised, but wouldn't be like too crazy because they are the number one seed. And then Boston, Milwaukee, Philly are all really good. And then Brooklyn also has that, has a chance. So, yeah, that's crazy. I don't, I don't remember seeing a crazy, you know, like the East being top heavy like this. Yeah, so wide open and 
chance yeah. for for all to make the final. And I, I think with, I think it would change things right now if Williams. I think I'd be like, yeah, the Celtics are going to make it out of the East. I'm going to back them. But now without Williams for a couple of weeks, I don't know what could happen. So it kind of like that defensive mode that they were going into and they were really knuckling it down since January, like, well, since Christmas, really, just like killing teams and playing well. But now I'm kind of like, uh, um, yeah, Luke, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I actually I, – I, I personally disagree a little bit. I okay. I look at it and I'm, I'm just like – I think – Giannis is almost at that LeBron level where I'm just like I just think he's gonna carry his team like more than well if if Brooklyn was at full strength I think Kevin Durant has that um, ability as well but I yeah I just don't see Giannis like losing to to a team in a in a seven game series. Okay, okay, and you know what? I'll circle back to this and give you some massive credit if this goes that way. Uh, Caleb, are you gonna say something? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you put Joel Embiid in that category? I I don't just because the Celtics have knocked him out of the playoffs with like arguably weaker teams too many times, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think when it like and maybe this this year would be a little bit different since he has like a more balanced team around him, um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think Giannis like elevates his team around him a little bit better than I think. Embiid does, um, and he just that's, he's that's he's fair. he's healthy, I guess. Like Embiid, you have that injury risk as well. Whereas, like health plays such a huge factor in the playoffs, um, and that's part of the reason why I don't think the Nets will will make it out. Uh, I, I so if if Williams was in the mix, do you guys feel similar that the Celtics would be the favorite or no? For the whole I Eastern think- Conference. I think it'd be close. It'd That's be close. If, yeah, if, if Williams is back, if the Celtics can get out of this first round and get Williams back, I think, I think they do actually have a shot. Okay, Caleb, you. I, I think the I wouldn't put the Celtics as a favorite. I think I'm with Luke that Milwaukee is probably the favorite, and then I think Phil. I think Philly's right there too, though. I, I would disagree, and I, I think Embiid can get on that level. I guess we haven't quite seen it in the playoffs, so. I definitely agree with that, but he can get on that level where he kind of carries his team. And, you know, he has James Harden, who has been known to kind of choke in the playoffs. So hopefully he can uh, help James Harden not to do that. But, but yeah, I think Milwaukee and Philly. And then Brooklyn is probably the third team. But if they're fully healthy, then they're right up there with those guys. But, yeah, I think Boston is just outside of those three teams, even with, even with Williams, I think. They're just... A little bit younger, and unless you know Jason Tatum comes out and just goes crazy, which we have seen in the past, then I think he he'll be the one that carries them, you know, to like to like the um, to the finals. Um, all that to say is Phoenix is going to win a championship anyway, so it doesn't matter who gets out. Of <laughs> all right, oh, it's all right. You're it's probably little, right. <laughs> let's uh, let's jump on the Western Conference side real quick. We're we're running up against the time here. Um, so, yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns are at the top of the group here. It was 63 wins on the Western Conference side. So, Caleb, we'll jump right in. You don't think the Warriors have a chance to knock them out in a seven-game series? I, I mean, the, the Warriors have been kind of sloppy <coughs> lately. So, they're, they fall they're, they're in third place now, and they, they could fall all the way down to fourth. They're only half a game ahead of Dallas. I just think Phoenix is too good, and they're going to be out for revenge. They lost last year in the finals, and I think they're just – you know, they want to get back and make it right. And yeah. I, I think they're the favorites to win it for sure. And then the other team that I'm really excited to see is Memphis. Like, that team oh, they're fake. plays so they're fake. They're, I think <laughs> I wouldn't call them fake. They're, I don't think they're going to win, but they just just the way they play. They play so hard. They do. They play like that gritty, like, put everything, hustle, play like crazy. And then they got a superstar in the making, John ja, ja Morant. So... Yeah, you, you, you know, yeah, you know how I feel about John Morant. I love, I love me some John Morant, but I just, yeah, the Grizzlies for me are, they're playing well this year, but they're not, they're not going to win it. So, I would pick the Warriors to give a fighting chance against the Suns. But yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the Warrior Warriors are the only team there that I think can, can, like stand up against the Suns if mm-hmm. if Curry's healthy. They just like, they have such experience and just like poise. I wouldn't put it past them to just to 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 take it to the Suns. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like the Mavericks, I don't think have any chance. 
they just got Luca and that's it. Like, and then the Joker for the Nuggets. Like, I just don't see any of those teams actually being able to overcome the Suns at all. Yeah, it's the Warriors are the are the only ones who can take him out. Yeah, and then it's gonna be crazy to see how LeBron plays in the play. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> no LeBron is here. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. I will say, um, going out on a limb here, I I hate I do hate the Lakers, um, but I am actually a big fan of LeBron, and I. Well, this I is am- all we have time for here at Project <laughs> Sports. <laughs> oh man, um, and I no I I. But I my hate of the Lakers overshadows my love of LeBron. So, uh, in, in the long run, I'm actually very happy about it. Now, listen, Luke. I didn't know this about you <laughs> before you came on this podcast tonight. Babe. Oh man, I know. I've actually Caleb and I have had some some uh, uh, discussions about uh, about LeBron. So he knows he knows I'm a I'm a big LeBron guy. But uh, yeah, how could how could you be a big LeBron guy? You're a Celtics I, fan. It, it's true. He, don't you, don't and, you remember the days? The oh, days of I, 2008, 2007 when we played against them and Paul Pierce, the back and forth and the Cavs? Oh, yeah. Come on. And then, and then I remember the decade after that when he just beat us in every single game seven imaginable. And it just was <laughs> it was heartbreaking. But I just I guess I, I respect how how dominant he's been for such a long time. And uh, I I also respect his uh, like generally how how poised he's been uh, in with the spotlight on him for so long. But all that, that to say, I would I would never want him in a Celtics uniform. Okay. Ever. Listen, as a man, okay, I can get on the same thing with that. He's dealt with a lot and he's been really good. But as as a sports fan, I don't even respect I don't even <laughs> respect his game just because of how much potential he should have had and how much. How many times I've seen him over and over again fail and did not live up to the legend of the expectation that was set upon him. Now, I will say he's had an amazing career. There's no, there's no fault in that top, top 10, top 15 player of all time. But I, I can't see, you know, he's trying to be the greatest of all time. And that was his standard. That's where he was supposed to meet. It's not happening mm-hmm. for me. And then when he joined the Lakers, it's just guaranteed you're dead to me, pal. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I don't think he should have gone to the Lakers. Um, and, yeah, it's a shitty, shitty move. Oh, sorry, can I say that on a podcast? Oh, of course. You can say Oops. whatever you want. <laughs> say whatever you want. Well, I think, Luke, I think we're on the same page, though. Like, I'm I'm a pure LeBron hater for sure, but but that's just, just as a fan, though. Purely as a mm-hmm. fan, just seeing him destroy my Pacers year in and year out, destroy the Celtics every year. That's why I just, like, I hate on LeBron as a, purely as a fan. Like, as a as a basketball player, obviously, like, I have a ton of respect for him, and he's going to go down as one of one of the greatest. Not, I don't think the greatest of all time, but he'll be up there. And, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see his entire career from the time he was in high school, watching those videos. Like, I think he was on, he was Zion, Zion Williamson on YouTube before Zion, Yo, before so Zion was, and... Just watching, like, I think they put his game against Zion Carmelo. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Just, well, just like as a, as a high school player, they put his game up against um, Carmelo. It was like yeah. a high school game. And, yeah, ever since that moment, LeBron was oh, like, kill, baby. Expected, expected to be, yeah, exactly, expected to be yeah. great. And I think he's, for the most part, he's lived up to the expectations. So I have, I have a ton of respect for LeBron as, as a basketball player. But as a pure, like, as a fan... I hate him, and I will. Totally. I will be a hater. Forever, so. <laughs> no, I, uh, I. I definitely encourage you. I don't know if you've seen on YouTube. I, I, the guy's name is like Jimmy High Roller or something. He has these like NBA videos that are just amazing. But he had one that that came out just a little bit ago about like the LeBron versus Jordan um, debate, and uh, like obviously Jordan's you know greatest of all time. But it's a it's a really really good in depth video about like breaking down the numbers from like a different perspective. Um, and, uh, and it basically just shows like the one thing LeBron has that no one ever comes even remotely close to is like the longevity of how, how dominant he's been for so long, but in virtually everything else, Jordan is just like blows him out of the water. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. He's, he's going into his what, like, uh, 20th season or something crazy, or this was his 20th season. 
something crazy like that where Jordan yeah. only played like 13 I want to say yeah but it was just sure. a different time like the Jordan I think played all four years of college if I'm not mistaken yeah. and players back then did that they played like to see, to be a senior where LeBron came straight out of high school so he came into the league way younger and just you know more time to play because of that and I mean like physically speaking there's not there hasn't been a player like LeBron ever probably <laughs> like that dude is just crazy uh, gifted physically I guess so yeah. yeah I don't know if Caleb told you but I'm a recovered homer recovered green teamer <laughs> I try to stay away from Patriots players. I try not to get involved with too much of the home stuff. But you really just set me off there. I just wanted to jump off the deep end real quick and uh, teach you a lesson. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I get it. I, I was going out on a limb. So Yeah. I come from a household where there was no other jerseys allowed inside besides Boston ones. And uh, oh, yeah. the pastor uh, of my church came, and he was wearing a, a Yankees hat, and my dad took it off his head and threw it in the trash and said, don't ever wear that in my house again. <laughs> so that's the type of culture and atmosphere I grew up in. But uh, yeah, so, but I, I've been better. I, I'm recovered. I almost went down the rabbit hole there. Uh, I've learned no, to I, I, stay away, but man, it's just, uh, Nick, our, our friend Nick, he, he does the same thing. He's always talking about how he respects LeBron. And I was like, okay, well, Go kill yourself. Like, I don't know. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, not my cup of tea. I'm always going to battle yeah, him. He's sure. a great player, but yeah, whatever. The day I say I like Derek Jeter is the day I'll say I like you know, LeBron James. <laughs> and that's pretty much you know, how I roll. But anyway, totally. thanks, thanks guys for coming on the show. Really appreciate you. Project Sports would be nothing without the people that come on the show. And, uh, really appreciate um, the charity that you're working for, Luke, and all the money that you're raising. And I'm, I'm very excited to uh, see how that all plays out. And I hope you reach your goal at 10,000. And Caleb, thank you for coming on the show and giving your takes. It's been fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you man. so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye.